Hi there, my name is Isabel Silverio, entrepreneur, feminist, dog mom, and founder of Guava Empowerment. And this is a Guava Girl podcast, where we empower women to think entrepreneurially and creatively so they may lead the extraordinary life they never thought possible. I am so thrilled that you found my podcast and I cannot express how thankful I am that you're here. So welcome to the Guava Girl podcast. I started my company from a janitor's closet of a tiny apartment to help women like you unlock their potential of creating the lifestyle and career of their dreams. Let me share with you this. Here you'll find the good, the bad, and most importantly, the real inside look of what it's like to work for yourself and feel empowered by doing it. We talk about growing your following on social media, building a personal brand, and what it is like being a woman in startup culture. This is the Guava Girl Podcast, so let's get started. Welcome back to the Guava Girl Podcast. In this week's episode, I am going to be discussing the one thing that I truly believe in my heart was the reason why I made over $700,000 this year. What? I don't think it happened by accident. I don't think it happened, you know, like it's not an overnight success type of thing. There was a lot of work that has been involved in the 24 years I've been alive to make this happen. But the one thing, if I had to narrow it down to one thing, it would be leadership. And I'm going to be sharing with you my formula for my own unique way of leading my team. And I have tons of podcast episodes all about outsourcing. So please go ahead and listen to those because there's great information in there all about hiring a team, but I don't have a dedicated episode on being a effing leader and that concept in general, leadership, right? There's this, I'm sure you've heard before, there are people who are born leaders and then there's people who can come into leaders. I feel like I land right in the middle. I was always that person when I was a little girl who wanted to be in charge and led either the family or the group project in school. And it was just so natural for me to start my own business and really step into that leadership role. But before we go into this week's episode, I want to make sure that we shout out the Guava Girl of the Week, the woman who leaves a written review on the iTunes podcast app and fellow Guava Girls, what they most love about this podcast. Is it the value? Is it the jokes? Is it my voice? Let me know. Write a review on the iTunes podcast. The purple icon. Cash is also here. He wants to say hello. And the winner, so the Guava Girl of the Week, I'm all about incentivizing. And I'm going to get into that with my leadership stuff too. So I want to incentivize you to leave a written review. And the best way for me to do that is for you to win a free pair of classy glasses from the our partner, the Guava Girl Podcast, the Classy Network. They create the highest quality blue blocker glasses. These are like the Chanel and Louis Vuitton of blue blocker glasses. And right now you can actually get Amanda Bucci's shout out to Amanda Bucci. She just collabed with the Classy Network and she came out with two new styles called Radiant and Authentic. And I already have my pair. So make sure you get yours by the time you listen to this episode. It might be sold out. And yeah, so the Guava Girl of the Week is Miss Anna Servin and she writes absolutely love listening to the Guava podcast. I listen to it on my way to work, at home, after work, and while I work out. So basically always. I love your raw truth, but genuine heart to help. I look forward to your feedback about my Instagram, but I'm also scared. So I don't do Instagram audits anymore, but you do get a free pair of classy glasses, Anna. And her Instagram handle is Anna Servin, A-N-A-A. 
C-E-R-V-I-N. And if you want to win a pair of classy glasses, people watching Instagram, people watching Facebook Live, go leave a written review on the iTunes podcast. I don't sit on my living room floor for nothing, people. I want to do this to help you, but you got to help me back by spreading the word of the guava magic and this podcast. My team who puts this podcast out every week, they are fucking awesome. So thank you, Anna, for leaving a review. Now let's go ahead and dive into this episode. All right. So yesterday I was running some numbers, right? And I was like, damn, November is over. It was after all the Black Friday madness. And Black Friday was crazy because everyone and their mother was having a Black Friday sale and there was just lots of traffic. And I personally napped more during that weekend than I ever have in my entire life, just being on turkey hangovers. But after all the madness, I just wanted to sit down and say, okay, my goal this year was 700. It was like between 700 and 750. If I'm being honest, it was between 700 and 750. Let me just like calculate how much left I have to make to hit that goal. Let me just work backwards. Maybe I'm at like 650, 600, whatever. And then when I ran the numbers, I hit that before even Black Friday happened. And I didn't even realize I wasn't really paying too much attention. And I hit my goal 28 days early. My original goal when I started this year was 500. And then it quickly changed about after quarter one of this year because the brand was just scaling, growing really quickly. You guys love my programs, Guava Boss Mastermind, Rocket Launcher Lab, Intent private clients, retreats, and it feels like it all happened so fast, but I decided in the beginning of the year, okay, let's just like add on another 200K to the top of the goal. Let's just see what happens. Let's see if we hit it. And I did, and I did it a month early. And I'm so proud of myself because this was not an effort I did by myself. This was from my team. Without my team, none of this would have been possible. And I don't know how I would be able to run my business without one person on my team. I need all of them on a regular basis. And they are just so wonderful. Because three years ago, I was on teams and I was working in startups and I was working in technology startups in particular. And I learned a lot about team building and I learned a lot about how to communicate and delegating and after I left that startup world, I started my own business and I was just became this like student entrepreneur. And I was knocking on doors all around my college town to local businesses, restaurants, boutiques, really anyone asking, hey, your social media presence sucks. Can I help you? And I would work for literally next to nothing. I didn't start my business to make a lot of money. I didn't start my business to get rich. I just started my business because I wanted to help people. And I really believed in the movement of social media. And compared to where social media is now versus where it was three years ago when I started, it is just so different. And I'm going to have another podcast episode about this coming too, but the movement's just shifting and culturally people are using the platform in different ways. So look out for that episode. But I'm really proud of my team. And today we serve at any given time. So... Today, we serve over 50 clients at any given time, and it is a lot of responsibility. And when it comes to business coaching in particular, there is that ethical responsibility of my clients depend on me to show up for them because their families depend on them to provide. And I don't take what I do lightly. I never have and I never will. And in order for us to successfully manage 50 clients at a time, there have to be systems, there have to be priorities, there have to be projects and management and difficult conversations. And there's just so much that goes into building a business like this that I just want to share a little bit with you today in my leadership formula. 
the biggest lesson that I've learned is that your business can either grow quickly. You can either grow your business super, super fast, or you can just really solidify the foundation of your business. It takes a lot of skill to do both. And I'm not here and say, I've done both flawlessly. No, we've hired people. We've let go people. There have been things that happened in the business that I will never like talk about openly because there's just not a need for it. But everyone makes mistakes and everyone, all businesses falter in some way or another, but we have to learn and we have to adapt so that way it never happens again. So it takes skill to be able to grow and solidify at the same time. But the biggest thing I think in order to do that is really stepping into that leadership role. And what that means to me is to be able to put your head down, just put your blinders on and focus on the vision. And if you haven't taken a moment to focus on the vision of your business and what you're really here to do and who you're really here to serve and what impact you're really here to make, then that's the first homework. Before you hire anyone, before you launch a new program, sell anything else, you need to get clear on your vision. And I do have a podcast episode on that as well. The next thing is like going back to the vision, you have to know what you stand for and stop acting like a leader. I keep seeing people who are like acting like a leader in the leader role, but there's a difference between acting like a leader and actually being a fucking leader. Because when you're actually a fucking leader, there's a lot of stuff. There's It's difficult. It's hard. You know that your team depends on you to get paid. You know that your team has aspirations of their own. You have your own emotional investment in your team, but you can't let that emotional investment derail the purpose and the vision, right? So that you're always on this tightrope of balancing being a leader who's compassionate and loving and, and understanding, and also a leader who gets shit done and isn't afraid to be honest honest and make sure that the money is coming into the business. So my success would not be possible if I did not know how to manage, manage people, manage different personality types. If I didn't know how to delegate, which I will go into a little bit more and motivate. Motivation is huge and we will go into that as well. So I pride myself in being a leader who is inspiring. And again, this is difficult for me to say like, I'm such a good leader. But I pride myself in always having my team say good praises of me to my face and also behind my back. I don't think I trust my team. I know they love me. I know they support me. And that wasn't there when it first started. You really have to sell them on that vision. So let me go ahead and dive into my leadership formula. So the first piece of my leadership formula, and everyone has their own leadership skills and and their own style, right? Like everyone has their own signature leadership style. I used to think I have to lead like this person who wrote this book, or I need to lead like my mentor. And it's just so particular to you and how much you want to be involved in your business and how little you want to be involved. So um, let's just kind of go through this formula. You ready? So the first thing is I have to be motivational. I have to be the one who brings the energy into every launch, into every new product, into every team call, into every live event, into everything that we do in the Guava brand, whether that's like restructuring our marketing, restructuring our project management system. I have to be the one that's like, this is going to be so exciting. I'm so excited. This is going to be so fun because if I'm not excited, my team's not going to be excited. And again, you have to sell them on that 
vision and why this is going to be helpful for everyone and why your idea is going to benefit everyone on the team and not just you. So really at the beginning of every call, and I'll be honest, not I'm going to talk a little bit later in the episode of when I'm not motivational, when things are going wrong, but you do have to be the one who's getting people hyped up. Otherwise, no one's going to be excited. The second piece of my leadership formula is the act of being clear and concise. And this is where I think most people are just getting a little bit wrong or a little bit derailed. You have to understand, and a a parallel of this is dating, and maybe I'll talk about that, but my team cannot read my mind. While in an ideal world, in a perfect scenario, my perfect employee can just anticipate all of my needs and I will never, ever, ever have to tell them what to do. That's just not how it works. So I know that my team can't read my mind and I can't expect them to. A parallel is in any type of romantic relationship where my partner, as much as I want him to like anticipate my needs and like no, tell him like, I want flowers and I want to go on a date and like, I wish he did the dishes more, whatever the fuck it is. He's not going to know that until, unless I tell him. And that is, he's always saying like, I can't read your mind. Let's communicate. Let's be clear. Before every team meeting, I like to prep. I do my my 10 minutes of prep and just make sure that every item on my laundry list is just clear and I'm not all over the place when I get on those calls because again, I'm the leader. I can't afford to be like, guys, I don't know what we're doing this week. So just like, let me know, hang on. And what ideas do you have? I don't rely on my team for strategy. I will rely on a consultant. I will rely on my mentor for strategy, but I'm not gonna ask my team, what do you think of this? What do you think we should do about this? That's a different type of training where you want to obviously train your employees where like, if this were to happen, what would you do? But if you're the visionary of the business, you can't outsource that. So you can't have your team expect like what you should be doing next, whether that's like a freebie or a community or a podcast. You're the decisive actor, not your team. I have a secret announcement just for you. Well, it's actually not really big of a secret because it's a big deal and it only comes around twice a year. And that is my signature group coaching program, the Guava Boss Mastermind, is officially open for enrollment for the January 27th, 2020 start date. GVM is near and dear to my heart and has opened and has served over 100 entrepreneurs, women and men, we have some Guava guys joining us this round too, into building and scaling their business to six figures in a way that is fun, in a way that makes it simple, but also challenges you to really embody that CEO and have a next level, higher educational and really evil business genius strategy to get there. Baba Boss Mastermind is for women who are currently struggling to hit those consistent income months, who want to replace their nine to five and want to have a personal brand of loyal followers who are going to follow them to the ends of the earth. I am so grateful and excited for this next round of GBM students, and I would love for you to apply. You can go ahead and check out Guava Boss Mastermind at www.isabellasilverio.com slash Mastermind. Go ahead and do it right now. We have rolling admissions officially open. And oh, you know what's really cool? This program, for the first time ever, we're going to do a Miami Beach party. Well, we're going to do a whole business retreat and then we're going to party after. So bring your sunnies because your future is bright, my love. And now let's get into this episode. Bye. 
So I also have here, I prep before each meeting and give clear guidelines on how to execute a given task. So I will bring in examples that I've either created before or that I see online, like a Pinterest board or graphic or something. I'm like, use this as inspiration or this is kind of like what's similar to what I want. And if it comes out wrong, if the execution is wrong, that's only feedback for me to work on my communication and explaining my vision much more clear. It's not my team's fault if something doesn't happen the way I envisioned it because it's my responsibility that I didn't get that from the start. And we'll also talk about when shit is not your fault and it does come out wrong and how to handle that too. The next piece, this is number three of the leadership formula. It's to be strong. So like every single day is not about me. It's not about what Isabella wants. It's not about what does Isabella feel like doing. It's not, does Isabella just want to like sit pretty on her pink couch and like make a ton of money? It's never about me. It's always about the bigger vision. And it's about the lives of my clients and their families. It's about the dreams and aspirations of my team members, because obviously, you know, some people are very happy being a VA for a certain amount of time. But if someone on my team wants to start their own business or enter a completely new industry or go back to school, I want them to feel supported in that decision and help them as much as possible with transitioning into that new phase of their life. So on days where I feel like hiding underneath my bed covers and like crying all day or just watching Netflix and maybe I'm not even sad or upset, but I just don't feel like doing the business today. Instead of hiding, I just put on my warrior suit and I just get to work because again, my dreams are bigger than my drama. And I really think that with the work that I do, it's so much more important than if I'm like having a bad day. While I believe that I can have days where I'm not strong, I just make sure that those days don't fall on the days where I have to really show up and people are very dependent on me. And the days where I am not strong because I've shown up for my team on every other day, being motivational, being clear, being loving, being vulnerable. There have been times where I've cried on team calls or I showed up on a call and I'm just like crying and being very overwhelmed and I have no idea what to do next. But my team is strong for me. And so many times my team is like, Isabella, we got you. Let it out. I know it's hard right now. I know this is like not going the way you thought it would, but we got this. We've got it every single time before. We got you. We're here for you. And I don't pay them to say that. Like that's the most beautiful piece of all of this. I don't pay my team to be nice to me. I don't pay my team to be there for me as a emotional support. They do that willingly and with love because that is my approach to them as well. The next piece is all about being vulnerable. So once again, I'm not afraid to let my team know that I'm having feelings of fear and anxiety. I'm not afraid to let them know that I'm upset about something that about me or about a client or about a personal family matter. But what is not okay is when I let those feelings get in the way of actually doing business. Because once again, dreams over drama. And my team has seen me at my worst. They have seen me literally just completely a mess and a wreck and crying and screaming. Not all the time. Like, I don't want you guys to think that I'm this like ticking time bomb of stress, but there have just been those moments, right? And I would be lying to you if I didn't confess that. And I love my team for holding space and sending me a virtual tissue and to like wipe down tears during my team meetings. And I'm just so grateful for them. So if you're on my team, thank you. I love you.
And the last piece is to really, I'm very much involved in my business. So I know there's like tons of business owners who have an OBM and the OBM manages everyone and everything. We are moving into that in the coming year. But for me, this year was so important to establish a company culture and to have everyone on my team actually have relationships and bonds over things outside of business. So it's like, did you watch Hustlers, the movie? Oh my God, I did. How was it? Like, I really wanted, and I went to go see Hustlers with my team members too. So I really wanted that culture and I really wanted that sense of community, not just with my programs, but also in my team as well. And I had to just kind of sacrifice, okay, I can either take a step back and not manage my business at all and have like OBM manage it, but I wouldn't be involved and the company culture just literally wouldn't be there because it would just be very task oriented. It'd be very cut and dry, which isn't a bad thing at all. It just wasn't what I wanted for my business. So with that, I really involved myself in every meeting, touching base with every employee myself on a personal, on a regular basis. And I can also run any procedure in my business. Anything that someone on my team can do, I can do too. I probably did it first before I hired someone to hand it off to. And when I have free moments and I feel like being the most giving human in the world, <laughs> I'll just kind of go into our sauna board and see, okay, like where can I pick up some slack? Where can I do something? So that way my team member doesn't have to. And it's not me being a control freak. It's me acknowledging, especially to like my two team members, Nika and Charlene, you guys are the real rock stars. They are in my business every single day. And we probably execute like 50 tasks every single week. It's insane just between them two. So when I go in a sauna and I want to take something off their hands, even though I've already paid them to do it, by doing that, I just want to let them know, hey, I recognize how much work you do. Let me take this off of your hands so that way you can take the time to rest and come back better than ever. Because again, like when it comes to managing a team, anything can happen. You don't know when someone on your team is going to have a really rough day. They're going to experience an illness in the family, have to you know travel last minute or you know have a breakup or whatever it is. And if your business doesn't have that culture, it's going to be so difficult to forgive. It's going to be difficult to understand and lose that human touch, which to me is just so important. I would hope that I don't know how other businesses really function in terms of if something like that happens. I hope that there is grace for every team member, but I understand that some industries, they are like, oh, you were sick three days in a row. You're fired. We have like a line of people out the door waiting to take this role. And that's just not something that aligns with me. So that was the leadership formula. I would love to answer any questions about my leadership style. But just to recap, it is motivational, clear and concise, being strong, being vulnerable and being involved. Okay. So Chelsea asked, what role was your first hire? Mine is a VA, but I think I could grow better. Definitely was a VA and Nika was my first hire officially. And she just basically managed my email and was my communication liaison. She sometimes helped with like client onboarding, but I kind of just did that for a really long time until we brought on my program director, Charlene. And she is the one who's in charge of running all of the Guava programs. So I think VA and I love obviously like my VA. I don't know how many times I've said that already. So that was my first hire. So how do you handle when a team member messes up? 
So when someone messes up, it just depends on what they messed up on. If it was just like a technological oversight and it was something that couldn't be, you know, it's just like a learning curve process. I'm not going to get upset. If it's continuously, they are overseeing something and they're just thinking, oh, like no one's going to notice if I don't do this. I will just interject and just say like, hey, I noticed this hasn't been updated or I noticed this hasn't been completed. Can you go ahead and fix that? And moving forward, it's really important that this thing gets done. That's it, plain and simple. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn out conversation. I don't really have meetings with my teams over like performance reviews. Maybe sometimes we will if it's accurate, but I won't have performance reviews on a regular basis because I'm very clear and concise and my team just literally just performs whatever it is that I need them to perform on as well. How do you arrange meetings with your team members? How often do you have these meetings? And I meet with my team on a regular basis. So we have something called pipeline meetings twice a week. We call them Guava Pipeline Meetings. They're on Tuesdays and Mondays and Thursdays. And those meetings are just all about feeding things into the pipeline and making sure things are just getting done and executed and moving forward. Those are the meetings where I bring my laundry list of tasks items. And in real time, my team is assigning those tasks themselves in Asana. So nothing gets, no balls ever get dropped. And I think that's just a conversation that you need to have with people on your team. To me, meetings are super important. I want to connect with my team on a regular basis. They fuel me. They energize me. I always end team meeting calls asking, let me know how I can support you this week as well. If there's anything that you need from me, just let me know. Just so they always know that door is open. But we have meetings same same days every single week, unless otherwise noted. So if I'm traveling or it's a holiday, it's just kind of assumed that we won't have a meeting. Something else I wanted to touch base on is the fact that the CEO embodiment course is live. But this is a course where I go deep, deep, deep into the inner workings of my business. And there's so much content just surrounding how me and my team operate in Asana. We recorded some of our team meetings and you can really see me delegate and be in action, which I think is just super helpful if that's something that you're interested in. But there's also bigger vision content in there as well, all about how to create projects in your business and move your needle forward and content marketing and handling your money like a CEO. It's all about embodying that CEO mentality of that course. So it will be releasing again in the new year, but you can still kind of get it on sale if you want. But just let me know that it is something that I did create this uh, at the end of the year, which I'm so effing proud of. And my team had a lot to do with that as well because they kind of helped me with all the trainings being on the calls and such. So it is very exciting. Have you ever shared how you use Asana in your business? So yes, Lily, I do share that in my course, CEO Embodiment. There is a whole screen share video of how we organize our Asana boards and what it looks like and some of the regular tasks that we assign on a daily and weekly and monthly basis. So good question. Okay. So that was the biggest piece of the content. This is a book that I read. I actually didn't finish it. Oops. It's called Radical Candor by Kim Scott. And she, I believe, was a executive at Google who worked in human relations. So she's all about building that team and that community. Definitely a career I probably would consider if I wasn't doing my business. How do you work out pay and holidays when hiring? So I actually give my team bonuses during the holidays. So just let them know, hey, I'm not going to need you December you know, 15th to the 
first, like, like, can I pay half of your invoice, whatever, like, I don't need that many hours. So just have a conversation with them in the beginning. I don't really adjust my team's pay for the holidays, because they're all on retainer. And I'm not going to like, tell them, hey, this month, you're not going to get paid as much like, in fact, I'm going to give them all a bonus because they worked hard as fuck most of the year. And they definitely sometimes worked too much for me. And I felt really bad. But now is my time to make up for it. How do you know when it's time to outsource when the time when your hours are just better spent making money rather than doing these like task rabbit activities is the biggest thing. If you're already getting annoyed by little things that are happening in your business, you shouldn't be doing them because it's going to resentment towards your business and you're not going to be excited to do it every day. Outsourcing doesn't have to be expensive when you first start out. It can be a couple hundred dollars a month and it would just be the biggest, biggest, biggest change in how you show up and where you spend your time. How much were you making a month in your business before you started outsourcing? Like $1,000. I outsourced from day one, if I'm being honest, especially with the podcast. I say that all the time. One of my first hires was my VA, but also Kelsey, who used to manage my podcast. She still manages podcasts. She's awesome if you want to contact her, Kelsey Hagberg. But I hired her and I paid her a couple hundred dollars a month. I was still profitable. I just didn't have that many expenses. And I really saw the value in me just being able to record some audio and her just be able to chop it up, upload it, create the graphics and have people consume that content. And then that content will turn into sales. What email management tool do you use for your VAs? Not really sure. We use Gmail. I identify with a lot of the things that she said, especially the parts of balancing the emotional investment that you have in your team. So she'll bring in examples of like, if someone on your team is in the middle of a divorce and they're like drinking a lot or whatever, like how do you handle that as a leader? And she gives really great advice on just dealing with those unexpected obstacles. You can win a pair of classy blue blocker glasses when you leave a written review on the iTunes podcast app. It is the purple app. Just click on it. Find Guava Girl Podcast, write a review, leave your Instagram handle and you can win a pair. We do it every single week. The chances of you winning a pair are so high. We've given away already like 20 pairs of glasses. It's insane. Who is your biggest inspiration as a leader that you look up to? You know, the people who really inspire me and are not leaders are like on my team. Is that weird to answer? My team constantly inspires me to be a better leader. And when I'm also out there in the real world, like when I go to the spa or when I'm at an airline at the airport or when I'm just yesterday, we bought this Christmas tree, but the, we bought this Christmas tree and there was obviously this like head honcho of the Christmas tree farm. And he was the one directing all the boys like they want this tree, wrap it up and put it on the stilt and wrap it on the car. And even that, something like that will inspire me of like, oh, he really delegated the boys following follow and listen and they are in line with everything that he says and you know I don't know what always goes on behind closed doors of the Christmas tree farm but it seemed like everyone who was working there was really happy to work there and that's the first sign that I will look for in leadership are are the employees happy are the customers happy and does the manager not look like a fucking mess because it can be really stressful and it's very easy to prioritize other people over yourself Okay, everyone, we are going to wrap up today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. All right, everyone, I will see you all in the next episode and I will talk to you later. Bye. 